Welcome to Uncommon Intuition, a podcast for those seeking to go beyond the mundane and find their magic. Join us as we explore spiritual topics and discover new ways to slow down, refocus, and live intuitively. Hello, my friends. I'm so happy to be reconnecting with you and having this space and time to just sit with you. I started a new job in March, and I've been acclimating to that job ever since. My son had a minor surgery in July, like the week before school, um, and then school started, and it's just been kind of a whirlwind, along with trying to enjoy the little bit of summer that I could enjoy. So here I am, long story short, here I am. You know, I've been away for a while, not only because I've had things going on in my life, but also I've been feeling really empty. Like I didn't have any words to share. There's no wisdom to depart. There's no stories that were intriguing me. I just didn't feel like I had anything to say. And to be honest, I still don't have anything to say. What I can share with you is that I've been really trying to integrate my own personal magic, my own intuition, my own whimsy, my own enchantment into my life. Because I started this new job in March, I've really went back to the logical things. I've been very regimented. Um, I just haven't had the whimsy. I haven't played with my crystals. I haven't done my singing bowls. I just haven't incorporated those magical things back into my life and I miss them. And to be honest, I am a more emotionally balanced person when I'm able to practice my own magic. It brings me so much joy and so much peace that I can't believe that I've let it go to the wayside and I've kind of forgotten about it. And yet, I will tell you, my magic room, my Zen room, where all my crystals and all my metaphysical things are, is actually the room in which I have my work desk. So I'm in this room every day, but I'm ignoring the things that are surrounding me. And I think I might need to change that. You know I love some good feng shui. You know that I am very affected by my atmosphere and the things surrounding me. And because these things are sacred to me, I think I might need to rearrange things and possibly put my work office somewhere else so that I can be drawn to my Zen space and really use it for what I intended it for. I can tell you that I've added to my crystal collection and I have some nice big pieces that I've really wanted for a long time. So I'm very happy with that. But I've also been trying to work on my manifesting and my grid work. And I found something called a Petriker Vestu pyramid. Hopefully I said those things correctly, but it's like a three-tiered pyramid. So it's a grid on top of a grid on top of a grid. So it's like a triple threat. It nullifies negative energy, amplifies the positive energy, and helps you bring things to manifestation a lot quicker. I haven't quite used it yet, but mainly because I want to honor it. I want to make time to have a little ceremony, to have a place of honor, to make sure that I'm using it intentionally. So right now, it's just sitting there waiting to be used, but I'm super excited to have it as part of my collection. 
Something that I've always wanted to incorporate, but I've never really been able to because if I were to hold a piece of carnelian for five minutes at lunchtime, I would be up until 5 a.m. wide awake and super hyper because crystal energy really affects me. So I have to be very careful with what I wear, what I carry on me. And so I've never been a person that can really wear crystal jewelry unless it's something like hematite or rose quartz. But here lately, I've been working with that crystal energy and I've been able to incorporate some few, like a few key pieces of crystal jewelry. And I didn't think anything of it, but by the end of the day, I can see where they've really helped me, helped maintain my energy, helped me maintain emotional balance and things like that. So that's been interesting to find out that there are still some crystals that I can work with and wear all day and it won't affect me for like three days straight like it used to. The other little goodie that I found was a book. I actually found this book at a thrift store. I just liked the front cover of it and then I picked up and read a couple of pages and I thought it was really cute so I brought it home. Um, I've been reading to you guys on TikTok. It's The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Maxey, I believe is his name. Um, it's a really cute book and it's full of wisdom, little, little snippets of wisdom throughout the whole book. And it's been quite magical for me to have this as part of my collection as well. Those are just a few things that I've acquired while I've been away that have brought a little bit more magic and whimsy into my life. Up next, I want to tell you how I've been reconnecting with energy healing. As I kind of mentioned before, since I started my job in March, I've been really disconnected from my uncommon intuition, Christy side. And one of the things that I've been disconnected from has been energy healing. Now that is my quote unquote specialty. I'm a quote unquote healer. I say quote unquote because I don't like that word. I don't ever feel like I heal somebody. I'm just a conduit. You, it Really healing begins with you. I'm just holding the space so that your vibration can raise, your energies can be released, and that you can heal yourself. It's not necessarily me. It's just that I'm holding the space. Maybe that's too modest of me. I know people argue with me about this a lot. They're like, no, own it, own who you are. And I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Anyways, my dad has really been struggling lately with a sore neck, some arthritis issues. I mean, he came to visit me and he was almost in tears one day, which is so unlike him. And I really only ever do energy healing in person for basically my family members. I don't even do friends anymore. It's just my family. And so this was an opportunity that I was like, dad, you know what? Sit down. I will go ahead and do energy healing or Reiki on you. And what I love about my dad is he, he's just a normal guy, right? But he can sense and feel the energy. He can tell me, whoa, what are you doing? I feel that pulling from me, or I can feel that pulsating, or I can feel the heat. Um, so he kind of feels what's going on and it's really great as um, a practitioner to kind of get that feedback from someone. So it's always a lot of fun for me um, to get that from 
my person that I'm working on. Anyways, I went through some steps and I did some intuitive healing on him and did some energy work. And you know, at the end, he of course said to me, it feels a little bit better, but it's not, th it's not that noticeable. And I told him, I said, give it some time. I think by tomorrow morning, you're going to feel a lot better. I said, you might even feel a lot better by tonight. He's like, I don't know. We'll see. And I really could feel when I was working on him, I felt that I was pulling away the pain. I felt that I was decongesting that stuck energy that was in his neck. So I could feel, I sensed that there was something that was being unraveled there for him. So I fully expected there to be more results than, eh, I can kind of feel it, but you know, it's not that noticeable. Anyways, later that night, he called me and he said, Chris, you won't believe it. My neck, I can turn it to the right and I can turn it to the left. I can look up and down. I don't have that pain. It's the first time in a month where I feel like the pain is finally gone. And I was like, that's great, dad. That's awesome. I bet you'll feel even better tomorrow. And he's like, I don't know. I feel really great right now. I don't know how it can get any better. And of course, the next day he called me and he's like, Chris, this is amazing. It was the first time I could sleep. I didn't have to sleep in the recliner. I could sleep in my bed. I got a good night's sleep. My neck is so limber. It's not as swollen. This is awesome. I feel great. Thank you so much. Stories like that really just boost your confidence and help you remember as well. So the next time I got to use energy healing, my husband had been at work and he had leaned up against an exhaust pipe on a truck and it left a welt on him about three inches long and it was starting to blister because it had burnt him. And so when he came home, he showed me and I said, well, you just sit there and I'm going to do some Reiki on it. And so I did some Reiki and I felt like I was pulling the heat up off of this. Now this looked like it was a second degree or a third degree burn because it was already blistering. And so I was pulling the heat from it and I only did it for like maybe five, 10 minutes. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work because the damage is already done. It's already blistered. And I was kind of second guessing, you know, I knew that something was going on, but I didn't know if it was actually going to make a difference at this stage. Well, the next day he got up and he said, Christy, I don't know what you got going on, but you are magic. He said, look at my arm. And I looked at it and it had already, like there wasn't a blister. It already went back down. Um, you could tell that he was burnt, but it wasn't like oozing. It wasn't, you know, how you normally see a blister like that happen. He said it didn't hurt to touch it and rub up against it or anything like that. He was like, that's amazing. He's like, when I've had burns like this in the past, it's taken me at least three weeks to heal from it. And I feel like in three days, I'm going to be fully recovered from this. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I was still not quite trusting it. I felt like he was going to come back the next day and be like, look, it rubbed off. And now it's like this big scar. But he didn't have any other problems with it and it's healed up nicely and um, he didn't have to suffer through that pain of the burn, you know, for weeks on end. I know I've told you guys this before, but my spirit team, my people are so good at always offering up confirmations and affirmations that my readings are accurate, my healings work, like 
I think they know that I'm so fragile that if I didn't get those confirmations, I probably would stop altogether because I, I'm a words of affirmation person. So if I didn't get those affirmations, I would lose interest and not want to have anything to do with it. I'd be like, eh, whatever, and move on to the next thing. So it was really interesting to see these two people kind of have totally different situations and I was able to facilitate some healing within them. Now, I do want to kind of touch base on something. I saw a girl on TikTok and she's had this viral video go on that she said she got rid of her Reiki and that she just uses her personal energy to heal people. And I want to address this because this is kind of a question I get a lot of times. No, you don't need Reiki in order to do energy healing because energy healing comes in all kinds of shapes, forms, and call it whatever you want. It's still kind of coming from the same source. It's life, it's chi, it's breath, whatever you want to call it, universal light. It's energy. So no, you don't have to learn Reiki. You don't have to learn quantum touch. You don't have to learn healing touch. You don't have to learn these things in order to be able to do energy healing. But I would be very wary of somebody that says, I use my own personal energy to heal other people. Because, let me tell you a little story, when I was a young little Reiki practitioner, I was working on my aunt. And I just didn't have belief in it. And I wasn't really connected to source. I was going through the motions of doing Reiki, of the things they taught me on how to do Reiki. I wasn't connected to the chi, the universal light energy that I needed in order to do energy healing. What I was actually doing was using my own will. I was willing her to get better. I was willing her to release these things. I was using my own energy and pushing it onto her. And it was not a good experience for either of us because when I released from that energy healing session, I had actually absorbed so much of her energy, her dense, dark, heavy energy, and I couldn't get it off. I felt it like cling to me. And I ended up being sick, like with flu-like symptoms for five days afterwards. And on top of that, my aunt called and was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel like myself. I have these sorts of issues. Um, where my aunt was dealing with depression, I deal with anxiety. And my aunt was now dealing with anxiety and I was dealing with depression. So we kind of swapped ailments there because I was pushing my energy onto her. And then therefore I took on and absorbed her energy. So be very careful about who you let do energy healing and be very careful that if you're doing energy healing, that you are grounded first and that you're really acting as a channel, that you are a water faucet and not pushing your own energy out. That's very dangerous for both the healer and the person that's being healed. And another thing, I guess I do have some things to talk about once I get going. I know I say this all the time, things in motion stay in motion. And for me, that's really true. Sometimes I just have to start doing something in order for me to roll into the solution. So here I am rolling into the solution of having things to talk about. Anyways, um, the other thing that I've noticed is because of the political environment and everything that's going on, witch talk has been really trying to hex, curse, punish 
people. And I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying be careful. What I have learned in energy healing is that when you push on like negative, you want to push on the karma immediately to that person, that person's energy actually gets darker. It actually gets denser and it sends them into doing more and more harm to themselves, to others. You're just piling on top of something that was already not good, if that makes sense. But when you hold space for somebody that's in a dark, dense, negative spot, then you'll start seeing their vibration rise. You start seeing the light come into them. Their attitude starts changing. How they treat other people starts changing. That's what I've seen with energy healing. So if you're wanting to make a change or a difference, I always try to go the opposite direction and not put more on top of what already exists because it's just going to create a bigger monster than what's already there. I'm going to give us a pause right now so that we can all catch our breath, but I'm going to be back. I want to talk about the worldwide Reiki grid and how we can maybe use that to start changing the energy and the vibration of what's going on around us, in our home, in our workspaces, even in the world. So up next, we'll talk about William Rand and the Reiki grid. Long ago and far away, I took my very first Reiki class. And in that class, I learned about my Reiki lineage, like who my Reiki master learned Reiki from and her lineage and so on and so forth. So let's backtrack a little bit. Dr. Yusui is the person who invented Yusui Reiki, which is the Reiki that I was versed in. And underneath him is a guy named William Rand, and he actually runs Reiki.org. And I am 13 people removed from William Rand, which I think is pretty cool. Anyways, in this first Reiki class, my Reiki teacher was telling everybody about how we get together once a month, we do a Reiki share, a Reiki circle, we also send energy to these Reiki grids. And I remember at the time, I didn't quite get it. I wasn't quite bought into Reiki and energy healing. I was just satisfying a curiosity. Also, I'm super introverted, so the chances of me ever coming again to a group event were like slim to none. So I quickly forgot about this Reiki grid until here recently because I was thinking exactly what I was telling you a little while ago. You know, if we heap on dark energy matter onto dark energy matter, it's just going to get more and more dense. If we're wanting to raise the vibrations, if we're wanting things to kind of chill out a little bit, then we want to you know, infuse the opposite of that energy to kind of balance it out, just like light balances out dark and so forth. So back to William Rand, you know, the guy under the guy who created Yusui Reiki. Well, in 1997, William Rand created a Reiki grid that is in the shape of a heart chakra symbol. It's 12 inches in diameter and it's made of solid copper, which is a great conductor. It has 
a layer of plated nickel for protections, and an outer layer of 24 karat gold. Now, this is a self-contained grid. So there are 12 double terminated quartz crystals on each petal, which if you remember from my crystal episode, a double terminated crystal allows for energy to be pushed and pulled at the same time. In the inner circle of the grid is the 12 symbols of the major religions of the world, which include independent spiritual paths and native people's religions. And at the center of the grid is a cone-shaped crystal with 12 facets facing each of the 12 quartz crystals. So this grid is truly set up to amplify energy. Not only does it amplify energy, but it is able to store that energy and send it out when the earth's vibrations are low. It's kind of like a battery. The purpose of this Reiki crystal grid is to promote world peace by becoming a beacon of healing energies that will be sent to all the people across the world. I thought this was such a beautiful sentiment and what a great intent that he had. So what William did was he placed a grid at the north and south poles so that it would not only contain Reiki energy that people are sending it to it, but also use the Earth's own personal magnetic energy field. In essence, he placed the grids on the Earth's root and crown chakras. He also placed a grid in Jerusalem, and I think there's been a couple other places that he's added to it, but I know of those three in particular. So after he got these grids placed across the world, he took pictures of them and where they sat, and then he would send them out to the people he taught Reiki to, and those Reiki masters would send it to their students, and so on and so forth. So everybody was getting a picture of these Reiki grids with the intent on using the picture to send distance Reiki healing to the grid. And I just really adore this concept. I've used crystal grids in particular to amplify, to transfer, to pull energy, um, to set intentions. Usually it's for manifestation work, if I'm being honest, but I've never used it as like a battery pack where I'm sending energy to it so that when the space or the atmosphere around me will need it, it will provide it in abundance. But I will say I have done this particular technique with one of my son's toys. Um, when he was younger, he had a hard time sleeping. He actually had some night terrors. And so I picked one of his little stuffed bunnies that he had and just infused it with motherly love and with Reiki energy with the intentions of it being calming and just a comfort to him. And here we are 13 years later, and this bunny still has that energy and that essence around it. The intention is still there and the energy still emanates from it. So I kind of get it because I did it in a smaller way. And I thought, how great is that? Like, let's do that all collectively in our own spaces at home, in our office spaces, around our family, around our friends. Is there something that we can infuse our magic into, uh, infuse our intention and good wishes so that it can become a space that is a safe space, a comforting space, an uplifting space just by being around this object, this Reiki grid object? 
And what I think is fascinating about this is even though it sounds very magical, if you think about it, you probably already own something that has an essence of comfort to you. Whether it's a loved one's jacket, if it's a pillow, if it's a stuffed animal, there's so much love that's already infused in that item that you don't realize it's actually radiating that love energy back to you. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a Reiki item, a Reiki crystal grid, a Reiki grid. All of those things are the same thing. It's just an item that's really emanating this source of love and comfort. I want to give you a little bit of a description of how this worked for me. I can sense and feel energy. And what I can say is it almost feels like a magnetic pull or a pulsing, like something is pulsating underneath of your hands or your palms. Um, I know there's a lot of people that can only do energy work like claircognizantly and not clairsentience. I'm going to try and describe how the energy feels to me when I do this. If there's someone I'm wanting to have a good night's sleep, I will go to their bed or I'll go to their pillow and I will infuse it with calming energy. I do this by placing both my hands on the item And then I wait for the energy to kind of bounce back and forth between my hands. It's like a push and pull, kind of like that magnetic feeling I was telling you about earlier. It's that push and pull, the ebb and flow. And soon it almost pushes back on you. When the item is getting full of the energy, um, you feel it kind of rise up and push back towards you. Like, hey, (laughs) gas tank is full here. You can stop filling me up with energy. Um, But it also feels like as it's filling up with the energy, it kind of feels like ripples and waves that are going across it. Especially when I do this on a mattress, it's like I can feel the mattress kind of waving up and down across it from top to bottom. And then when it is full, I do feel that pushback, so to speak. All I'm doing when I'm doing this, yes, I have Reiki, but if you're just wanting to do it with intentions, you can do it that way too. It will work whether you think it's working or not. It does work. Intentions are everything. So even if you don't feel anything, don't sense anything and feel kind of silly doing this, if you really make up your mind ahead of time, like, no, these are my intentions, it's kind of like a prayer over it. Something else I try to do while I'm doing this work is visualize blue or pink or white light and try to use that as a meter marker for where the energy is going. Like, okay, it's up to this point on the mattress and it's up to this point on the pillow and now it's all the way over here. Just try to envision that light spreading across and engulfing the object from the inside out. The other thing that I've recently been doing and not knowing is there's been a humming, which often leads me to rocking a little bit back and forth, which I know that sounds very neurodivergent of me, but um, there's something to that. When you rock back and forth, you're actually centering your Hara line with universal energy that's coming in through your crown chakra. 
and through your root chakra. So you're centering yourself when you're rocking. I find that people, when they meditate, they start doing that and they're like, wow, I, why am I rocking? Or I feel like my heart is beating and it's causing me to like move. Well, it's your energy aligning with universal energy. Uh, the humming, I haven't quite figured that one out yet. I know that there is sound healing. So I'm, I guess I'm attuning to some sort of frequency and, and fusing the object with that sound. Who knows? I don't know. Now, like Hop Hop, my son's bunny, I don't really have to go back and infuse Hop Hop with more energy. She just continues to radiate that energy. However, like the mattress and the pillow and all of that, sometimes I will have to go back and infuse the object with a little more energy because it's like it served its mission, right? Hop Hop's mission was to always provide comfort to my son. So Hop Hop is still doing the mission. Now, when I'm infusing a mattress or pillow, my mission and intention there is for a good night's sleep. So after the person gets a good night's sleep, I need to go back and infuse it more if I want that to continue or you can set the intention like every night I'm getting a good night's sleep. It's all about how you set your intentions for how long that energy will last and how often you might need to refuel it, so to speak. I thought I would end this particular segment with a quote or a mantra, I should say, from Dr. Yusui. And the mantra is, just for today, I will let go of anger. Just for today, I will let go of worry. Today, I will count my many blessings. Today, I will do my work honestly. Today, I will be very kind to every living creature. I have really enjoyed recording this podcast because it has reminded me of who I am. Most of this was not scripted. A lot of it was just me telling my stories, and I've really enjoyed it because it's brought me back to who I am. Like, I'm remembering who I am as I record this podcast, which is a really good feeling. I think too often I get caught up in the day-to-day stuff, and the stuff that I do doesn't seem that magical to me because it's just so inherent. Like it's so natural for me to do these things. I don't even think about it. But when I tell the stories to other people, they're like, yeah, I I don't go put Reiki in mattresses and I don't go looking for all of these metaphysical mystery tools that you've got going on. I just have such a sense of wonder and I'm fascinated by things. And I think too, with a little bit of belief in it, anything can become magical. And that I think is one of my gifts. I can look at going for a walk and know that when I go for a walk, I'm getting in tune with myself and I'm going to receive messages. My problems are going to be solved when I go on that walk. I know that because I believe it it happens. So just believing in something can make it so. And I think that's the takeaway that I would like you guys to have as well. Just believe it. Even if you don't think that you could do something, just have a little bit of faith, a little bit of hope in yourself. Let me just be curious enough to try it because it is so fun and fascinating when you try these things and you get experiences of your own. Like, holy cow, I didn't know that I could do that. 
I love showing people. I have two rocks. I call them my teaching rocks. One's a jade crystal and the other one is a blue lace agate. And for whatever reason, these two crystals like to repel each other. You can feel their magnetic pull and push towards each other. And so when I teach people about energy, I get these rocks out, I put them in their hand and I say, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to put these two rocks close together and then you're going to pull them apart. And then you're going to feel that energy that ebb and flow in between them. It's going to feel like a set of magnets, but these aren't magnets. They're just plain rocks. <laughs> um, and it's amazing to see people's faces light up because it's like, oh, I get it. I can feel the energy off of this crystal. I love getting to introduce people to the magic that's kind of hidden by just saying it's possible and letting them discover it on their own. So I hope that's what I continue to do for each of you, that you're discovering new things, and you think that things can be possible, and you can find your own sense of magic in this big wide world. And I think with that, I'm going to round out this episode and call it done because I really want to get this out there to you. I feel like it's been such a long time since we connected, and it's important for me to connect back with you. But I also want to end it on like my high vibration. I've truly enjoyed doing this today. And I want to keep that feeling alive for the next time that I go and create another podcast episode. Because if I push too much, it's not going to be fun anymore. And I want it to stay high vibes, high fun for me. And hopefully for you too. <laughs> I've enjoyed talking at you. And I hope you've enjoyed listening. Until next time. Hey there, thanks for listening. I'd like for our paths to cross again. Subscribe or leave a review so that we can find each other again. Until next time. Mm-hmm.